How many believe that? Miracles can happen tonight. The book of Titus, chapter 1. The book of Titus, chapter 1, reading the verse 2. What a beautiful crowd on a Sunday night here at the Anchor. We're so glad all of you are here tonight. Pray God blesses you for being here. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for hope. Jesus becomes the light in the darkest hour, doesn't he? When you don't know what to do, the Bible says that she spent all she had on many physicians, but she only grew worse. But somebody must have told her about Jesus. And in that conversation about the Lord, she said to herself, if I can just touch him, I will be made whole. How many know that's why we are here tonight? Because somewhere along the line, somebody said to you, if you'll get a hold of him, he'll let you touch him. And everything you need, you can find the Lord today. How many believe that? Would you lay your Bibles down and just worship him for a moment? Clap your hands. Shout hallelujah. Just magnify God for a moment. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus, we pray. Titus 1 is an epistle of Paul, the apostle, writing to Titus, who is a bishop. He is an overseer of assemblies, or would become an overassembly, uh, an overseer of churches throughout the island of Crete. And it reads like this. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie. Everybody say, we have a God that cannot lie. I was reading this morning in my study where the scripture says, life is but a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. Heard my dad say many times, he said, it seemed like yesterday. I was three years old, going down the hill and and, uh, because there's no flat places in West Virginia. Going down the hill, he said, I fell off my tricycle and cut my knee with what they call red dog, which is a, a, a byproduct of coal that they'd use to gravel the roads with. And Brother Lee, you know what that is. And, and uh, he said, it seemed like yesterday. And now my dad is, is uh, 65. It's here today and gone tomorrow. And he makes a statement in hope of eternal life. We have life beyond this life. If you die tonight, where are you going to wake up tomorrow? It matters. I want eternal life. Can you say amen? Which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, but hath in due times manifested his word through what? Preaching. Everybody shout, there's power in preaching. Paul said, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. He has committed unto me to preach his word. Why? Because you can't have eternal life without his word. Aren't you thankful for preaching? How many love preaching? Amen. I love preaching. According to the commandment of God our Savior. 
Verse 4, he says, To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith. Meaning, Titus, you preach what I preach. We believe the same. They were not biologically father-son. They were spiritual father-son. He said, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. For this cause, for this cause, left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. If any be blameless, talking about elders, the husband of one wife, Somebody say amen. amen. Having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly. Then it goes on and talks about the role of a bishop. He's, he's establishing what's expected, expected of an elder, interchangeable word pastor. Then he goes on and talks about the bishop. For a bishop must be what? Blameless. As the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Praise God. I'd like to talk to you talking about the vision of the church of establishing elders in every city. Somebody say establishing elders in every city. Amen. Would you clap your hands and thank God for his word today? God bless you as you are seated. There is a lot of buzz in our culture right now over um, go green, making everything about the planet Earth. There's, there's a huge culture movement uh, about protecting the planet, recycling, emissions, concerns about icebergs uh, melting and, and the North Pole and concern about the South Pole and, and uh, that the ozone is, is, is being diminished and uh, there's a lot of pollution and that there is something called global warming. How many ever heard of that? It, it, it's international. It's a conversation. A lot of debate about it and that's not what I'm here to do tonight is to debate about it. I'm just saying that the overall, there's a mission now, uh, whether you agree with it or disagree with it. Uh, it's very political, as a matter of fact. A lot of decisions have been made based upon is the earth warming and it's eventually going to generations to come beyond us aren't even going to be able to breathe because it's going to be too hot and everybody's going to die. I personally don't believe that will ever happen. And here's why. The Bible says until the end of time, there's going to be seasons. A time of planting, a time of harvest. It's going to be cold. It's going to be warm. And I'm going to take God's word over any political statement. Amen. I really do believe that God said at the beginning 
who declares the end from the beginning, Isaiah says, he said there will always be a time of seasons. How many ever heard the statement, a sign of the time is you will not be able to determine the seasons from each other? How many ever heard that? It's not in scripture. That's right next to the verse that says cleanliness is next to godliness. That's <laughs> not in there either. Sounds good, but it's not in there. And I, what I'm saying is, and I'm not trying to be political tonight. I'm just trying to be biblical tonight. But in this mission of global warming, there is now buy-in uh, throughout our country, throughout our uh, world. Matter of fact, recently a young lady has made a statement about global warming. She's become internationally known, and she's just a teenager. That now her mission is to save her planet. She's embraced. She speaks to political platforms. She's been embraced. And I'm, I'm not knocking her at all. I think it's awesome that young people want to be involved with making a difference. And I will stop here and say is that one of the reasons that churches do not have young people in it is because there's no mission purpose to cause them to feel they can be a part of something that will make a difference. And so they're going to try to go somewhere to do something to feel like their life is worthwhile. And I want you to know today that if we're not careful, we'll become just churchgoers without mission-mindedness. We will forget our purpose why do we go to church? Why are we at the house of God? Why do we tithe? Why do we give offerings? Why do we sacrifice? Why do we fast? Why do we do what we do and give up things we want? Why is that? If we're not careful, we will lose the why and somehow it just become religious routine of just going to church. But you can never forget tonight is that when Jesus died on the cross, he gave his life for us. And he looked at his disciples before he ascended into heaven. And he's turning over the mission to those that followed him. And he said it this way. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Go ye therefore and make disciples. Isn't that what he said? What he was saying was, don't let my mission that I have taught you in three and a half years stop with my absence. His vision was greater than his lifespan. They were so convinced about his mission of preaching the gospel of the kingdom that they gave up their careers to fulfill it. They did. They folded their nets, laid them down to go with this man to talk about this mission called the kingdom of God. I want everybody to say the kingdom of God. There's two kingdoms in the world. There's the kingdom of the world and there's the kingdom of God. That's all there is. You're either in the kingdom of God or you're in the kingdom of the world. There's no in between. That's right. It's always been back. Even the Old Testament, they had the circumcised and the uncircumcised. Those that belong to the Lord, those that did not belong to the Lord. You can have all types of religions, but most of them are birthed out of pride, self, self, Self-view, self-opinions. How many of you know we don't need an opinion? You're either following the world or you're following the way of God. I'm going to tell you how we know we're following God. Our life will match up with his word. Everybody say the word of God. 
Come on, you're either going to follow him or you're going to follow the world. I made my mind up a long time ago. I'm not going to worry about what the world's doing. I want to know what God is doing. What is the Lord doing? I want to be led by the Spirit of God. It is so important to understand his word because you cannot separate God's word from him. He said in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Somebody shout amen. amen. And when you begin to look at his word, it begins to define who we are and who he is. We're either following God or we're following the ways of the world. That's why the Bible says, and I'll teach about it next Sunday morning, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. You can like hunting, but you shouldn't love hunting. Maybe you can like sports, but you shouldn't love it. All of those things are temporal. The Bible says that which is seen is temporal, but that which is not seen is eternal. We give our life for a God that we've never seen. And the Bible says we love him in whom we have not seen. And we walk by faith and not by sight. What is it about this Christ that they were willing to give their lives for? They were willing to give their... You only live once, Brother Cody. You could have done something else. You had, you had scholarships coming to you as, as a sophomore, 15 years old. What made you lay it down and pick up a Bible and want to become a preacher? Because somewhere he found that the mission of the kingdom was much greater than the mission of the world. I applaud this young lady. Excuse me for not having her name. But I applaud her for wanting to save her planet with the knowledge that they've given her educationally about global warming. I applaud her to want to make a difference and stand before Congress and political platforms and say, we need to do something. We've got some issues at hand according to the knowledge she's received. But you know what? There's a greater mission than saving the planet. It's saving our world. We've got to have a mission to save the world. It's a scary thought, Pastor Cody. The Bible says that if the gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. We, we love the fact that we think everybody's going to be saved and everybody's saved, but that's not the fact. He said two will be standing in the field, one will be saved. Uh, standing, the other one will be taken. Two will be laying in the bed. One will be lying in the bed and the other one will be taken. What he's saying is not everybody's going to make it when the Lord comes. And if we're not careful, we would get so caught up as Christians on just having a nice home, having a nice vehicle, eating good food. Why do I bring food up every time I'm preaching? I don't know. but I, I'm a fat man in a skinny man's body. I don't know. <laughs> get my mind off food right now. I'm going to just dismiss real early and go to Tad's Pizza or something. I don't know. but If we are not careful, we will find ourselves just living the American dream with no purpose. Never making a difference. People around us remain the same while they are on their way to hell. The worlds are torn apart. They're miserable in their minds. 
and recognize that you have a God of creation living on the inside that can heal them in one statement. Why do we not make a difference as Christians? It's because we don't understand the mission. He never intended on just saving you so you could be saved. He said, Timothy, stand up, Brother Luke. He said, Timothy, he said, this word that has saved you is not only going to save you, but it's going to save them that hear you. Everybody take your hand and say blessing. When you study the word blessing, and I realize I'm being redundant tonight, blessing does not mean just enough for you. When God blesses you, he never gives you just enough for you. What he does is he gives enough for you and them. When it's finances, he's going to bless you enough finances to bless you and to bless somebody that can't get blessed on their own. That's the how he blesses. All your finances were never supposed to be all for you. Now I'm going to preach it this way. Stand back up. When he gives you salvation, he gives you enough revelation for you to be saved. Come on, take your hands and say, my blessing's bigger than me. What I'm preaching to you right now is we've got to understand God never intended for the gospel to be held confined to a four-walled church building on a Sunday and a Wednesday so you can stay saved. No, he intended for you to be blessed with the word to save others he will give you enough strength to not only take care of your needs but yours as somebody that can't help themselves everybody shout I want to be blessed and I wish somehow tonight that I could present the mission so so powerfully that everybody in the room would want to give your life for the sake of the mission of Christ God has always, you may be seated, wanted to establish a kingdom on the earth where the blinded eye would see and the deaf ear would hear and the dumb would talk, the cripple could walk and the autism. There's a lot of autism now. We have six or seven maybe in the church up and on and somebody... I saw somebody at a restaurant inviting them back to church. Hadn't seen them in several years. She said, well, we have a grandchild now that has autism. I said, well, we have a sensory room. I'm thankful for people that are mission-minded. And thank you, Sister Katie, for working that sensory room and giving your time. Sister Katie Nelson. You know why she works the sensory room? So somebody can hear the gospel. Because it's a part of the mission. It's a part of the mission. Should never be that somebody can't come to hear the gospel because they have a child that 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 they can't. That's why we have nursery ministry. I just don't know. You don't work the nursery. Why do you work the nursery? It's not my calling to work the nursery. But if somebody doesn't work the nursery, somebody else can't be inside the auditorium 
to hear the word. So you know what we did? We strategically located the nursery for parents to be that close to their baby and there's glass all around it. So as mama gets concerned about baby, she can walk out 20 feet and peek in the window, check on baby, come back in and have good church. Why? So the gospel can be preached. So the kingdom can advance. We're so glad that JoJo's here. And every now and then he slips out. JoJo is 10 years old, right? He's 10. Man, he's good looking. He hugs me. Calls me pa. Learning to talk. Has had autism since, I don't know, somewhere around two. Every now and then he slips up and go gets my certs off the platform. And he laughs. And I love it. But there's sometimes he's in the sensory room. But you know why we have those things? Because it's part of the kingdom. And the part of the kingdom is the mission is we've got to get the gospel to everybody. Everybody. That's the mission. That's the mission. Is that everybody gets to hear the gospel. And they get an invitation into one of two kingdoms. They get an invitation out of the kingdom of the world into the kingdom of God. And in this kingdom, it's where heaven comes to earth. In that kingdom is where the devil comes to the earth. And he offers bondage and divorce and chaos and confusion and addiction and immorality and theft and anger and disappointment and regret. That's what goes into that kingdom. It's fun and don't let anybody tell you that it's not fun. There's a whole bunch of pleasure out there in the world. But Moses made a statement. Growing up in the kingdom of the world in that day called Egypt. And when he come to his age at 40, he said, I would rather suffer the afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. All you young people, stand up and look at pastor. Come on, stand up. You remember I tell you this. Sex before marriage is fun. It's fun. I'm going to tell the rest of you. Adultery in its initial stages, it's fun. It's called pleasure. Getting drunk, they tell me, it's fun. It's awkward in here right now because sometimes we don't like praying, playing preaching. But what the world's going to tell you, the world's going to tell you, it's what you're supposed to do. You just need to celebrate your body. You just need to do whatever feels good. I come to tell you, but the pleasure and fun is for a season. And when the season's over, you become a slave to the king of that world. And the Lord said, he said it this way. He said, for the thief, John 10, 10, has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's the king of that world. He said, but I've come to give you life. And that more abundantly, I can set you free from the tragedy of this world. It's fun for a season, but it ends up in bondage. Listen to this preacher. 
it's fun for a season, but it ends up in chaos and confusion. That's what the world does. It's not what the church does. They say going to the bar is fun. They say going out there and doing all that. They say it's fun. If it's so fun, then why do people get tired of it? I'm going to tell you why. Because it's just for a season. And what Moses was saying, I have grown up in the palace, the top of the Egyptian, the world kingdom. I have grown up with the, hear me, man, I feel this. Let me tell you where sin leads to, sorcery. Before it's over with, you'll be calling psychics trying to get direction about your future because the world really, 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 really calls you to feel hopeless about tomorrow. It's amazing. If they got it all figured out and it's so fun, then why are they going to psychic and palm card and, and tarot card readers and palm readers trying to get concerned about tomorrow? I'm going to tell you why. You remember this. When Samuel told Saul, he said, you better be careful to do it your way. Don't do it your way. Doing it your way is a product of this world. Just do it. Just have fun. Just live your life. Just, just be yourself. I'm telling you, that is the doctrine of the world. But he says, Saul, you're a part of the kingdom where you can't do it your way. But he chose to do it his way. He was convinced by the people of the world. You know why they wanted Saul? Because they wanted to be like the world. They didn't want a prophet. They wanted a tall leader. They wanted a king. They wanted a system like the world. That's why they wanted a king instead of a prophet. Are y'all listening to me? Be careful to want a cool preacher. That removes biblical principles so we can have a bigger crowd. God didn't call me to be cool. He called me to be in his word. It got awkward in here when I started talking about immorality as fun. Come on. Am I preaching truth or not? But you remember, it's not always going to be fun. Hallelujah. You know what Saul ended up doing? He ended up losing his purpose by doing what people wanted him to do. That's why peer pressure is good for you. Just say no. Y'all hear him, Pastor? When somebody tries to get you to do something that's not approved in God's kingdom, just say no. I don't care if they make fun of you and they call you all this stuff. Don't who cares? As long as you've got his approval. His approval. Come on, all you, all you young people. This whole section, I want you to run up here for a minute. I'm going to tell you what God's going to do if you honor him, put him first in your life. Let me tell you what to do. God's going to allow you to become very creative. Some of you are going to be inventors, business owners, successful in the fields of your career. God has a plan for you to be blessed beyond you to bless the kingdom. I am convinced that your generation will see missionaries come in and there will be $50,000 and $100,000 checks that will be written to missionaries and say, go back to your country instead of traveling for another six months. I am convinced that God's going to use you in a mighty way. But while I know that, Brother Alec Melik, proud of you. Being here on a college weekend from Athens, proud of you. But listen to me. While you're there at the college, the devil's going to do everything he can to lure you into the world. Why? Because the kingdom of God is contrary to the kingdom of the world. 
And what he wants to do is to not get you to benefit or to bless the kingdom of God. And he will do everything he can to pull your life down and your future down. But listen, I know what I know. This youth group right here is so powerful before God. There's a future ahead of you. Don't become like Saul. Because before it was over, Saul was in the witch's bin asking direction about his future. Trying to get direction from a witch. Sin will always lead to spiritual bondage and witchcraft. Always. The goal of sin, the goal line of sin is to bow before the devil. I feel a little pushback here because maybe I offended some people by saying some of this stuff is fun. That's why the world does it. And when in, in the scripture, when Adam and Eve sinned, God said to the devil, there's going to be a woman that's going to have a baby that's going to crush your head. And through the ages of time, every time a baby is born, the devil come over and I wonder if this is him. I wonder if this is the child. I wonder if this is the baby. Isn't it amazing that when, when, when Moses is born, they start killing all the babies? Because he was wondering, is this him? Isn't it something when the promise of the Redeemer comes, they start killing babies? And that's why they're killing babies right now out of the world and it's called abortion. Because Jesus is coming. That's right. Now you young people, you listen to me. He kept looking. All of a sudden, this baby was born. A star was hung in the sky. We're going to celebrate it. Old little town of Bethlehem here at Christmas time. But you remember what I'm telling you? He tried to find and the spirit of that devil came in Herod and Herod was threatened by him and sent a wise man not to find where it was but to find where he could kill him. When the devil finally realized is this him he went he said if thou be the son of God turn the stones to bread he said thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God he went on and said take him up on the temple and, and he took him up on the cliff and he said cast yourself down and he, he, he began one thing after another one place he took him to the top he said all of the world watch it you can have talking about money value buildings properties kingdoms he was talking about the system of the world if you bow to me because the devil's goal is not just pleasure it's submission to what he's doing and what he was saying is I want you to submit to my mission instead of submit to his be careful what you allow in your life because it never stops with fun it always ends up in bondage and doing it his way Paul said, I'll write you even weeping that those which were once with us are now the enemies of the cross. What was he saying? That used to be with us is now opposing every single thing that we're doing. Young people, before you choose the world, you better think about what the mission is. And I'm convinced, though, if we can let the mission, not just going to church, not just being church attendees, not just pizza parties and Friday night hangs and youth services. No, but the mission is to set people free from the kingdom of the world. Out of, come on, do you believe that? How many believe there's a mission? There's a mission. Do you all want to be a part of the mission? Lift your hands. Everybody all over the building, I want you to pray right now. 
there's a mission. <laughs> God, I pray preservation, protection, and prosperity. <laughs> oh, God. Hallelujah. 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 Hey, look at me. Y'all gonna be seated out there. Let me talk to them for a minute. We don't believe that you're just the church tomorrow. We believe you're church of today. But when we see you all, we see you as a part of the kingdom of God. So you have to be careful what video game you play. Because it's gonna pull me to the world or it's gonna impact my mission. The movie that you watch, the music that you listen to, you have to ask yourself a question. Is it pulling me to the world and celebrating under the title of entertainment the mission of the world, which is to pollute, to divide? I'll never forget the statement I heard about a, a man that was on a plane and the stewardess walked back and the stewardess, the, the stewardess walk, walked back asking people what they wanted to eat and she walked to a certain man and she said to him, would you like, would you like dinner on the plane? He said, no man, I'm fasting. She said, oh, you must be a Christian. He said, no, I am a member of the satanic church. He said, we are fasting and praying right now that Satan would send a spirit to every Christian home and break up their marriage. Because even the devil has fasting and prayer in his church to separate you from the kingdom of God and to destroy your marriage and destroy your family. I'm telling you what, some things in division, man, he is a divider. He's an accuser of the brethren. How many know that? I feel, I feel right now fear sitting in this place. But there needs to be a fear of God, not a fear of the devil. Not a fear of the devil. Come on, if you will delight yourself in the Lord, he's going to preserve you, protect you, and keep you. You won't have to worry about the kingdom. But if all you do is, 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 to, is to celebrate, to eat through your eyes, your ears, the things of the world, immorality, destruction, division, bitterness, hatred, fighting, violence, it won't be long. Your heart will go that way. But if you will set your eyes on the things above, put your heart in the word of God, be faithful to the house of God, you won't have to worry about walking away. You won't have to worry about walking away. Somebody shout amen. God wants you to be involved in the mission. Not when you're 25. You need to start when you're young. I got a mission. What is the mission? It's taking the gospel of the word to places that do not know him so they can be set free from the chaos of, come on, we live in a chaotic, evil generation. Noah's day. Every thought, every imagination was wicked. Y'all want the world or y'all want the kingdom of God? Come on, young people. Y'all want the world or you want the kingdom of God? Don't be divisive one toward another. Don't talk about each other. 
Don't share negative thoughts about each other because that's what the world does. They tear down. They rip apart. They, they climb over one another to get to the next stage. Even if they have to throw mud at them, but not the kingdom of God. We believe the first shall be last and the last shall be first and the way up is down and the way to, way to be blessed is to give and not receive. Come on, how many believe that? The kingdom of God does not think like the kingdom of the world. Come on, the king, I know I'm being redundant. The kingdom of the world says just do whatever feels good. And the kingdom of God says do what is right, even if it doesn't feel good. Somebody say amen. amen. Would you help me preach? Would you stand up and pray for these young people? Come on. The devil would love to destroy the next generation, but he's not going to. There's a powerful group of young people in this room right now. Come on, the Lord's speaking right now. There's a mission that's greater than the mission of the world. There's something happening right now. I feel like the, the deceiving of the enemy has been put off the eyes of the innocent. Hallelujah! In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Now listen, the kingdom of God is all about living. The kingdom of the world is all about dying. Look at the infatuation right now in the kingdom of the world. Death. Zombies. You don't need the walking dead in your home. It's wicked. Really. You don't need zombieism. It's a religion. Zombie is a religion. So is atheism and evolution. It's the kingdom of the world. Now, let me just be bold here tonight. Because I am the pastor. The kingdom of the world says safe sex over abstinence. And they promote it in the systems and the schools that that's your right. It's not your right. The Bible says do not let it be named among you one time. God can forgive because when they come out of the world, God forgives them. People that grow up in church that make mistakes, they can be forgiven. But it doesn't stop us from preaching against it. Divorce is not of God. But pastor, there's a lot of people in the church that have been divorced. You're going to offend somebody. I can't stop preaching truth because something in the system failed. What I do believe is that God can forgive. But it doesn't allow us to justify it. The Bible says it's sin. It was not so from the beginning. 
say that. I, 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 I'm bold. I'm, I can't believe you say that. And all I do is preach scripture. You need to work it out. Don't let the things of the world get into your life. You can't say no. You can't fall in love again. You can't do it right. Just because we believe in mercy does not stop us from preaching against sin. I want everybody to hold your hand out like this. Mercy. Just because there's mercy doesn't mean we stop preaching truth. Because in every church where truth is preached, there better be mercy walking in the room at the same time. But where there's mercy preached, there still needs to be truth preached at the same time. I believe mercy if you mess up, but I believe in enough truth to say, go and sin no more. Oh, clap your hands and praise him. Do you believe what I'm preaching right now? Praise him, praise him, praise him. Y'all go back to your seats just for a minute. I'm not going to be much longer. How many love all these young people? You can be seated all over the building. Establishing elders in every city. Why? To continue the work that has been started. Let me just ask you, do you want me to compromise and just say, you know, God loves everybody and everybody can just go on their own path and just, just, it's just between you and the Lord? Huh? Oh, no. No, you don't. You want somebody to get up and say, thus saith the Lord. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says to condemn the world. That's what the scripture says. Noah condemned the world to the saving of his own house. And some of you parents need to stand up and say, that's wrong. We're not wearing that. You're not going to look like that going out of this house. That's what the world does. That's not what we do. If we don't condemn it, the world's going to accept them and take it further. We need some mom and dads to stand up for truth. And we need some mom and dads that will be merciful too. And what he was saying, and I need to get to the point. You may be seated. Everybody shout, establish elders. It was never the will of God for the children to rule the home. To, to, to determine the curfew and the standard and how much they get to be on the phone and what movies they can watch and what music they can listen to. And the next time your child looks at you and says, well, Johnny's parents let him do it. You say, well, I'm not Johnny's parents. Somewhere, you gotta quit judging what you do as a parent based on what the neighborhood kids are doing and the moms and dads. You're not of that world. You are of a kingdom of God. Do what his word says. Do what his word says. I am moved to the core because we need somebody to look at some first generation Christians and tell them, you don't have to be like the world. We gotta have some preaching to where we look at fifth and sixth generation people that have been born again and say, why would you wanna go to a world that God called your great, great grandma out of? I'm convinced that in this youth group right now, there's some young people questioning why we live the way we live. 
Why would I be preaching it this way? If there wasn't some of you questioning secretly, trying to do things that are of the world instead of doing what God wants you to do. And you listen to this preacher tonight as I preach with boldness. This is a warning from God. If you walk out in that world, you're going to regret every day that you went to that world. It is not what you think it's going to be. It is a deception from the devil. It's a deception. You will be crying with everything in you. You will be weeping and crying. Let me preach to you. Proverbs 7 says that she cast down many wounded and many strong men have been slain by her. It's talking about a woman called sin. It's talking about the lustful nature that lures you from God's kingdom into the world. The Bible says that her, her house is an entrapment. And the scripture goes on to say that the way to her house is the way to hell. I've never seen a backslider come back and say, I enjoyed every day I was out of the church. No, typically they're crawling to the altar and said, I was so miserable. I was so broken. They did everything. They went everywhere. They tasted everything. Did it satisfy? No. It caused them to live empty. But I come to tell you, there is a home that's never going to change. This is an established father's house that will have the same word being preached. Come on, and the same blessings being poured out. You can't come home. You can't come back to the joy and the peace of God. Oh, clap your hands and praise him. Let me wrap this up. Let me wrap this up. Be seated a moment. I realize I'm being stern, but while I'm preaching for you, the devil's working against you. But I feel like tonight to tell you, greater that is he that is for you. I'm going to keep on pulling for them. Our young people, they're going to mess up. They're going to make mistakes as we all have. We got to have mercy. But I believe they can live it. You have to wait till you're 25 and 35. No, you know what I believe God's going to do? It's going to be... Take that devil. We got a 15-year young evangelist that God's anointing is upon that he's traveling to preach the gospel. Come on, 15 years old. I believe we got some 17, 18, 19 years old that they're gonna graduate from high school and go on a mission trip and God's gonna use them to see the blinded eyes open, the deaf ear open because the kingdom is not powerless. The kingdom is supernatural. This is what he said, be seated. He said, I want you to go, Timothy, my son, or Titus, my son, I want you to go to Crete and I want you to finish the work that we begin there. And I trust you. I trust you that you're righteous. He goes on and lists. He lists the expectations of an elder. He said it this way. He said to be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of right or unruly. That was some stipulations of being a pastor or being an elder. He said, here's what I want you to do. You are a bishop, and as a bishop, he said, you must be blameless, steward of God, not self-willed, not self, doing selfish things for you, not soon angry, not given to wine, not a striker, not a fighter, always looking for an argument, a fight, not given to filthy lucre, not hungry for money, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, that means disciplined. He goes on and says just, that means doing things right, a just man, holy and temperate. He said, and one that will hold fast the word. He said, Titus, I trust that you're a bishop. And he said, you're gonna hold fast what you've been taught. You're gonna continue to preach and teach. Are y'all with me tonight? 
You're going to continue to preach and teach what I have taught you to preach and teach because you're my son of the common faith. And this is what he goes on and says. He said, I am convinced that you, why? He said, he said, holding fast the word as he hath been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. He said, because in Crete there's opposition against the word. Matter of fact, their own prophets say they're all liars and you can't trust them. He said, but this is what I know, that I've got a Titus to put right in the middle of Crete, that he's gonna raise up a church that's gonna establish young people, elders in every city, that in the midst of opposition, there's gonna be a powerful move of God that's gonna take over that island even though there's sin and chaos and confusion and the control of the world. What he was saying was this, what I am sending to Crete is much more powerful than what Crete has been in bondage to. You know what God's called this church to do? Not just have good church in Zanesville because blessing is bigger than one city. It's gonna be enough blessing that we're gonna send elders to McConnellsville and Coshocton and Crooksville and New Lexington and Gloucester. Can I preach in Cambridge? Because it's bigger than this city and there's gonna be revival no matter how wicked that city's ever been because the word is greater than the mission of the world. Jump to your feet and clap your hands if you believe what I'm preaching right now. We're gonna establish elders in every single city. Come on, Brother Derek can help me today. Remain standing. What he was saying was an established elder with the word is more powerful than a city in the world. There's two kingdoms. And at the end of the day, there's only two missions. It's the mission of the world and it's the mission of the kingdom. Which one do you want to be a part of? The nature of the devil. Would you come and be the devil for a minute? Probably not good using the children's pastor as the devil, but come up here. Here's what you have to understand. When the devil comes near, and he will, you're going to feel his nature. His nature is hopelessness. Depression. Sad. And there's not a more fearful creature in all the world than the devil. Fear begins to grip. Because it's the nature of his presence. Sin's fun, but it always brings a spirit. And when that spirit walks in your life because you submitted to the way of the world, frantic emotions come over you that God never intended to be in your life. Night tears. Night fears. Scared to death to be alone. Because sin is just the door that opens up the door to a spirit. And where you go, it goes. It's no longer fun now. <laughs> Why is it ever since I committed that sin and did that? What do I feel so down? Why do I feel this way? 
just can't be happy anymore. My emotions. Why? Because something you can't see, your spirit can feel. And everywhere you go, you know what's amazing at the people dealing with this when they come to church? The devil stays out there because it can't be in here. So they feel good at church. And they tell me, it's amazing, Brother Nehemiah. You know what? Your father just passed away, but there's such a presence of peace around you. You feel that, don't you? You feel joy and happiness. You know why? Come here, Brother Tyler. I want you to be the, the Holy Spirit. Because the nature of the Holy Spirit is joy, it's peace, it's complete. Everything's going to be all right. See, righteousness brings the Holy Spirit. Rebellion brings an unclean spirit. And that's why you feel dirty. Makes sense, doesn't it? The Bible says it was an unclean devil. And that's why rebellion is as the sin of what? What do witches do? They conjure up spirit. Well, I don't believe in all that. Well, you better get in the word. Witches bring spirits, and so does rebellion. My dad made a great statement today. He said this morning on the phone, he said the devil has one good, how do you say it? He has one good trait. If you resist him, he flees. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Hey, stand, stand back a little bit. Stand back a little bit. See, the devil comes and tempts with the world. You'll hear me talk about it next week. But The devil tempts. When you submit to the way of the world, you bring a spirit in your life. But when you resist the devil, no. Not in this house. Not in my life. What happens is the devil, when you say no, come here, angel. The angel comes to you when you make a righteous decision. That's why the devil has to run. to the devil and Jesus has said get thee behind me Satan you've got enough authority just by saying no more than the devil has with all of his army say no to the devil and you will win brother Christmas come down here with pastor for a minute come down here Crete has issues. It has devils. It has chaos. It has false doctrines. But here's what I know. You're an established elder. Cambridge has demonic opposition. False doctrines. Gangs. Confusion. Drugs. Overdose. Suicide rates distrust, possibly even corruption. He said, but you know what the answer for Cambridge is? It's an established elder who preaches the word. Come here, Sister Rebecca. Come here, I want the Christmas. 
Kids, come up here around your daddy. My, 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 I feel like preaching right now. The answer for Cambridge is not just a church building. The answer for Cambridge is an established elder because when he preaches the word, the enemy's got to run. When he preaches the word, the enemy's got to leave. He said, as a bishop, here's what I want you to do, Bishop Titus. The Bible says he was a bishop. Read the end of the chapter. He said, establish elders in every city because the church building doesn't bring deliverance. We just brought bought property in McConnellsville, closed on this week. But it's not the property that's going to turn Morgan County upside down. Let me tell you what it is. It's an established elder, a man that preaches the word, that brings the truth. If you messed up, there's mercy. But it's his truth that will set you free. Somebody shout hallelujah. You know what I say to you, Brother Luke? Preach the gospel. You know what I say to you, Brother Aaron? Preach the gospel. You know what I say to you, Brother Alec? Preach the gospel. This is no insult to our president, but I have to take a step down to go from pastor to president because God called preachers to lead his kingdom. And I'm preaching to you, you need to get involved with the mission. That's to get the gospel to every county. Come on, in southeastern Ohio, we got to get the gospel to... How about Germany? We're already in Guatemala. We're already in Vietnam. But how about let's get the gospel to Germany? How many believe we can get the gospel from Zanesville to India? Because the mission is not to save the planet. The mission is to save the world. He died for every nation. He died for every people. He died for everybody. When I gave my life to the Lord, is everybody okay out there? Save the world. Save the world. God's going to give you great jobs. You'll be a Christian on that job, but save the world. And if you will put the mission first, God will put people beside you that God is planning on saving. I don't like to leave Zanesville. I love to be here. I was right there. I bent my knee right here, Brother Christman. Right there. And I told God. I even got my wife saying, I said, I, I'm, I'm going to stop traveling. I'm going to stop traveling. I'm just going to focus right here in Zanesville. All of a sudden, my head began to shake like this. When I looked up, somebody's praying for me. Brother Bishop David Bernard, our superintendent of the whole United Pentecostal Church, was praying. And he, was, he said, you cannot just minister in Zanesville. Had no clue what I was praying. God's called you beyond Zanesville. Who would ever thought when I was your age and I bent my knee at a camp and fell down on the ground and prayed and sought God and buried my head in some gravels that when I said, God, I'll preach the gospel. And I prayed this prayer, Brother Luke. Sister Skyler, and I want you to pray this prayer tonight. I said, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll be what you want to be. I'll say what you want me to say. And I'll do what you want me to do. That was a prayer I prayed at your age. I'll go, I'll be, I'll do, and I'll say. I prayed that prayer right there. And God called me to preach. I didn't know then. 
to Christman in Crete. I didn't know then. I'd be preaching a youth convention this last week in, in France, in Paris, France. And the Eiffel Tower is really big. I didn't know then, just a boy from West Virginia, what God was going to take me two years later. And in one meeting, I preached to France, Belgium, Scotland, United Kingdom. I preached to people from Germany, Switzerland, Spain, Italy, Sweden, Norway, Romania. People came from Africa, Gabon, and Congo. They came from the Caribbeans. I even preached, and people received the Holy Ghost that were Muslim from a very hostile country. But I'm going to tell you, the Word is what brings conversion. And the reason I gave my life at 16 years old is because the mission of the kingdom is greater than the mission of the world. And tonight there's a call of God to come out of the world and to come into the kingdom. Tonight, there's a call of God. And God's calling to establish elders. How many believe there's communities that need a witness? Brother Tony, what has he told me? That in Sodom and Gomorrah, if they'd had a leader, if they'd had a pastor and just 10 saints, judgment would have been held off in Sodom. Just a church with 10 people and one pastor. I think every city around needs a pastor and at least 10 people. Come on. It's bigger than Zanesville. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm asking this whole congregation, what are you going to do? Here's what I would say to you. Get involved in the mission. Well, pastor, I'm not a preacher. You can help the mission even when you're not a preacher. Serve, clean. There's some people who wouldn't go to church if the church was dirty and grass was high. Brother Kenny Jones, he's not a preacher. Where you at, Brother Jones? Wave your hand back there. Our lawn looks as good as any lawn in the community because that man said, I want our church to be first class. Don't want anybody coming and saying, well, these people must not like their church. I moved tonight because there are cities that need an elder. There are cities that need a first family there interceding for that city. And one family, and notice it doesn't just mention the elder, it mentions the wife and it mentions the children. One family is more powerful than all of the kingdom of the world in that community. It becomes our promised land. And we do not have to worry about our children being lost. Why? Because where God calls us, he preserves us. Do you believe that? I really don't know what to do right now. It got real awkward in the middle when I started talking about sin's fun. How many know it's true? It's a trick, it's a trap. But there's a mission. So I'm going to tell you. Come here, Peyton. Run up here, Pastor. I'm not going to hurt you. It's going to make you preach a sermon here for five minutes. That's all right. No, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. The devil would love to take you out. He would. Here's what I know. is The God that's in you is greater than any devil trying to destroy you.
And in your life, I want you to look at me. In your life, one of these days, you have to make a choice. Either God or the world. Choose Him. Because you have a divine purpose. You're hyper. But that's not your divine purpose. That's just who you are. But God's going to use you to do something great for Him. But here, you have to want it. He said, I do want it. And you can make a difference that somebody comes out of bondage, out of fear, out of suicide, out of addiction, out of chaos, out of confusion, out of all the things the world does and leaves him. God will use you so powerfully because you're established. Watch this. God will allow an established person to come out of the temple of God into the middle of chaos without being touched by the fire. The flames of lust and the flames of chaos. God allowed an established person to walk right into hell and grab somebody and pull them out. Come on, now what the Bible says? I believe we have a generation coming up that can walk right into the midst of the of the devil's. Come on, the devil's pit and pull people out. Say so you had them long enough. You can't have them anymore. Without being touched by the flames of the enemy. Come here, Andrew, run up here. Three Hebrew children thrown into a fiery furnace and they come out unscathed. They didn't even smell like smoke because when you're established, the enemy can't touch you. Am I preaching to anybody right now? Raise your hands just like this all over the building. I want you to pray. In the name of the Lord, God, you're establishing elders. You're establishing young people. You're establishing the church that can destroy the effects of hell. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today, every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today, you feel like feel like that spirit of hopelessness has followed you. Feel like somewhere in your life sent open a door that you can't seem to get out of. Now it's bondage, spiritual bondage. You said, I'm ready to come out of that. I want to be free. I promise you, God will set you free. You will feel fulfilled and joyful, complete and satisfied. Because that's the kingdom. That's the kingdom of God. If you're here right now, you say, I need to, I want to come out. I want you to raise your hand all over this room. I see hands. Come on, you first. I want you to come. If you want God to pull you out of that darkness, I want you to come. Come on, there's hands all over the building. I want those with their hands raised to come up here with Pastor. They're going to be delivering power because the truth will make you free. There's so many hands went up. I'm telling you, God's going to make you free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Don't be afraid. I want us to pray. The joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. 
there's a second chance for you. How many remember when you were in bondage and God brought you out? Come on. How many remember when God set you free? It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. Hey, Brother Gene, come down here with Pastor. I'm just going to have you to stretch your hands and pray because you're filled with faith. But Gene, you know what it's like to come out, don't you, buddy? I want you to just stretch your hands toward these people. God brought him out of decades of bondage and darkness. Joy of the Lord is now his strength. Are y'all ready? I want you to tell the Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. Come on, everybody in the room, I want you to say, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong. I'm sorry for the mistakes I've made. Lord, I'd have never went down that road if I thought I would have ended up here. I'm sorry. Come on, that's it, God. I'm asking you to forgive me. Everybody in the room, I want you to pray that prayer. I want you to forgive me. Lord, I don't want the door of sin to bring the enemy back in my life. I'm praying today that you will set me free. Lift your hands. The touch of the Lord is going to come over your spirit. Lord, right now, I want them to feel peace. Go ahead. The Spirit of the Lord, the peace of God, like I showed you all ago, is coming because you repented. You're saying no to the, to the world, no to the devil, no to your flesh, and yes to God, and there's peace coming over your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hey, Brother Joe, up the grave. Our mission is to set people free. Brother Redmond, our mission is to set people free. Brother Sister Shook, it's our mission to set people free. How many of you have been set free? Sister Annie Brown, it's our mission is to set people free. It's to change lives and set them free. If you want to be involved with the mission, I want you to come. Some way, shape, or form, you're going to be involved with the mission. We're going to Crete. We're going to Crete. And all